So this is it. This is a podcast. We're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's time for the show. (laughs) We're not off to a good start. (laughs) Um, Hi, this is Puff Puff Pass the Popcorn, and we are the hosts. My name is Kate. I am Rachel. And we're doing it. (laughs) We're doing it. (laughs) And we're doing it. We've been (laughs) fucking around for 20 minutes. It's a podcast, first of all. We're talking to you through your ear holes. Can you hear it? That part. Just, um, if right you can't, uh, send me $5, please, and we'll try and fix that. <laughs> we don't have a Patreon, but just Venmo me. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. We'll get there. Listen, the only people listening to this, like, you already know us. Like, it's mom. Uh, it, it's mom. It's um, mom. We're going to see you tomorrow. Uh, it's the coworkers. You know where we're at in the office. Um, Husband, or you know where I live. Yeah, you know the basics. Yeah. We're starting. We're starting low key. And yeah. if you come here to find us here, episode one, um, years down the line. Also, hey, what's up? Welcome. Yeah, welcome. How's the future? I hope it's fucking better than the present. Yeah, did it get better? <laughs> did it get- I hope it gets better. <laughs> um. So if you guys don't know us, Caitlin and I are sisters. Ugh. I keep calling you Caitlin, and that's really rude of me. I mean, um, it's fine. I, it's fine when you call me Caitlin, but if the world chooses to address me that way by my government name, swift death. <laughs> Caitlin, you smoke weed, right? I, I sure do. I am a big old pothead. I'm actually like a baby pothead in the sense that I only started smoking the sweet reef uh, during the pandemic. And that was only because I wanted to get a second job as a workaholic at a dispensary. Through that job did I discover like, hey, I like smoking weed. And like it took me a really long time to actually enjoy it because I was one of those stress balls where I was like, I have anxiety and I need to control every aspect of my life. For the longest time, I was just getting high, getting anxious and being like, this is okay. You're allowed to like be high. You don't have to be like doing your laundry right now or nothing. Like you could just chill. You could vibe type of thing. And I like lighting up, watching a movie and then just yelling at the TV. So if that resonates with any of y'all in any way, shape or form, (laughs) you're going to like this podcast because essentially what I'm doing is smoking weed, watching movies, yelling at the TV and then writing notes about what I'm yelling. And then I'm coming here to tell you in your earballs about what it is. Don't ever say your balls again. That's I just like, like it. that's I'm just like my my personal preference that you don't ever use that term again. Um, and I'm gonna burp in so, the mic too. So keep coming back. Oh to yeah, that. I already did that in the beginning. Maybe that'll I'll probably leave that in. Honestly. <laughs> so if those are not your vibes, then I probably am your kind of vibes because I do not smoke weed. I mean, I have before, unless mom is listening, that I've never done anything wrong in my life ever. So these are my vibes. Um, I don't really smoke weed. I don't really drink either. Like, I'll have a couple drinks, like, socially. Um, But I fucking love hanging out with people. And people drink and people smoke. So obviously, I am more than okay with it. I feel like when people ask me if I smoke and I say, oh, no, I used to, but not anymore. I get this kind of, oh, like, all of a sudden, I'm not cool. It's like, I'm not down anymore. Well, that's um, just the peer pressuring of it. 
And yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like if I'm high in public, which is not that frequently, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I need I need like you to hard. clarify what not okay. that frequently is, because every single time we go to Applebee's, you get high as fuck in the car on the way there. <laughs> First of all, please do not disrespect Chili's by calling it Applebee's like that. <laughs> Um, oh my god. So that's because um my husband Donnie and I have this ongoing joke because in my mind Applebee's and Chili's are the exact fucking same. There is no difference between the two of those establishments. TGI Fridays is also thrown in there a little bit, but we don't see a lot of the TGI fries around here. So like when Donnie and I are driving around in the car and we see a Chili's, I say like, "Oh, I forgot there's an Applebee's here." And vice versa. And it's to the point where I can't differentiate them in my brain. <laughs> but you're right. We do go to Chili's a lot. And you are violently high every time we go. Okay. I, I don't feel like I'm violently high. So, like, Netflix had a show called Disjointed about, uh, you know, Kathy Bates running a dispensary. And she's got one line in it that I love where her son comes in and he's like, hey, are you really high right now? Like, can we talk? And she's like, no, I'm just business high. So I feel like when I'm in public, I'm just business high off the vape pen, you know, real THC heavy, like real, just like, you know, real frontal forehead type of high where, you know, she can still function. Yeah. Um, But like smoking like a whole entire joint or like a whole like infused type of flower situation. Like I usually don't do that. I'm usually yeah. just ripping the vape pen and just, you know, trying to, you know, just take it down like one notch, like dial it down like one yeah. notch type of thing. But oh my gosh, I love disjointed. Kathy Bates is an absolute treasure. I love her and Kathy Bates is a business queen. high. Our mom always watched everything Stephen King, which is probably why we love Kathy Bates because Misery is like mm. one of my top five favorite movies. Oh um, by the way, this is a movie podcast. Like it's not just about weed and Applebee's or and sobriety and Kathy Bates. Yeah, it's sobriety. Um, oh, so our, we, we have kind of always wanted to start a podcast. I remember we started talking about it. I think it was like a year ago, a year and a half ago. But I was in the middle of grad school. So, like, I was not chill. I'm still not chill now. I was way less chill when I was in grad school. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. And, you know, I've always wanted to start a podcast um, just because of the sheer amount of movies that I have not seen. Like, yeah. hello, recently diagnosed with an attention disorder. And that caused me to be an absolute psychopath as a child. So I feel like we got kicked out of the house a lot, honestly, where it was like, go play outside. You can come back in when the sun goes down type of thing. Yeah. And um, because of that, did not get to see a lot of the latest, greatest, you know, types of things. <laughs> yeah. Well, and part of that, like, you know, when, when I was a kid and when I was not even a kid, just growing up and in high school, like, I kept myself so busy. I was in, I was that, I was that bitch in high school. Like, we, and we both had like an entire schedule, like every yeah. hour on the hour, something yeah. was happening every single day for the sun up the to sundown. The whole yeah, time. The entire time. Like entire leadership, time. basketball, cheerleading, softball, swimming, the like Girl scouts. Girl scouts. Don't, don't give me fucking started on the Girl Scouts. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Girl Scouts was amazing. How, how high um, up in the Girl Scouts did you get to? 
I was only a junior, which isn't super hot. That was the green vest after brownie. It's a, it's a lot. It started being too much with sports and like, it's funny because I I wanted to say I had to start getting serious about the things I needed to do to go to college, but then I ended up um, being a fucking degenerate and having to leave <laughs> college and go to how community many, college. How many different colleges have you been to? Haven't you been to like seven colleges, basically? You're a bitch, first of all. No, Thanks. it took me seven <laughs> years to get my bachelor's, um, but I went to one, two three, four, okay, you were close, because I went to five. <laughs> but that's including my master's. Does it, it also include online? Out. I have my master's degree. Leave me alone. <laughs> but I have consistently been in school from the time I was in kindergarten until the time I was literally 27 years old. <laughs> so what, now that you've had a year off of school, you're like, keep it going, keep it going, start a podcast, let's roll. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, what's my next project? I have to output into the capitalism machine. <laughs> but I feel like in with me going to so many different schools, this is like, like let's just, just open up the fucking belly of the beast and like talk about the trauma that is in our lives. Let's just, let's just fucking dump it. Let's just let's dump just it. Let's fucking do it. I was so busy for such a long time. And when I wasn't busy in school, my mental health was awful because I was, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, nothing was a good fit for me. And it's just, it's just a fucking lot. So if anyone is listening, which at this point, no one is listening. <laughs> I am. College is fucking hard and it's also stupid. Just find the thing that fits the best for you. And what fit best for me is seven years of just dicking around and then i finally got my bachelor's and then i immediately turned around and got my master's and now i'm in a job that i love but um but she bored <laughs> she bored and i feel <laughs> part of the reason why i wanted to start this is because so much of my life was about school so then when school was over now i work in a school <laughs> and i feel like my whole identity is just wrapped up into like who I am professionally, which is good because, you know, I'm, I'm a middle school counselor, so I have to love what I do and I have to love my students, but also when do I get to do fun things that I enjoy, like watching movies and talking to people about movies. So I also really like snack like that's, I mean, that's fucking who thing. among us, yeah. like, yeah. Can I get some munchies going on? Like that so, is a vibe. That's kind. That's kind of what brought us here. Caitlin smokes the weed. I eat the snacks. But you know, even though we have different interests and we're we're vastly different people, even looking at us on camera right now, like we look so different. But we still like it. Doesn't matter what your interests are. Like everyone can still fucking get down with some movies, and everyone loves Hollywood, baby. That's showbiz. <laughs> <laughs> should we talk about the Love movie it. that we watched for this thing um so I, we haven't even fucking talked about we just made it sound like we're talking about all movies but that's not what this podcast is going to be like um so we're going to pick one movie to talk about each week and we're going to like go in depth to the movie kate is going to talk about you know her high thoughts while she was aggressively high watching these movies <laughs> um this podcast is not spoiler free. If spoilers like really just piss you off and you can't do it, 
I would stop. There's the here. door. If you're, yeah, there's here, the metaphorical here's, door. Here's the door. Here's the door. Here's my foot in your ass. <laughs> you can go. Just know that we will be spoiling the entire fucking movie because we're gonna talk about the entire movie. Like you, you, you told me you took scene by scene notes. I have seen that... by scene notes. So guess who has the master's degree here? It's um Hi. not me. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> yeah. Taylor Swift podcast. Taylor Swift, thank you. Um, if it's a movie you give a fuck about, um, you need to go watch it right now. You can pause this, but also like download our episode. And, but like, also come, come back, back to it. Please. Yeah, please, please come, come back. back. No one is no one is here anymore. <laughs> but mom, please come back. <laughs> so should we talk about it? We haven't even mentioned the movie that. We're doing. So. Yeah, that one. So the first movie that we're doing is The Menu. Um, it's on, what is it, HBO Go? HBO Max? What do they call it now? HBO Max? HBO Go? God, Grandma. It's on HBO Max. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, The Menu. HBO Max. And, uh, yeah, no, it was a good time. So I, when I sat down to watch this movie, I had this delicious little pre-roll on me. Um, it was a little... Uh, what is this called? Gushers Mints Hybrid Pre-Roll. And what's neat about this is it had um, cured resin in it. So it was like extremely potent. We're talking about like 47%, um, which is excessive. Does that, but... does that work like how alcohol works? You know, like beer is 5%, wines, I don't even know what wine is, like what, 10 to 12? Yeah. Is it kind of the same way with weed? Same type of thing. Yeah. Most regular flour will test anywhere between 11 to 40%. Um, but again, I don't, uh, I don't know if I want to get into all this right now, but like percentage doesn't really matter based on the high. Um, it does, it's like sometimes it matters, sometimes it doesn't. It depends on who you are. It depends on what you like. Um, there are ways for, you know, certain companies to like fake result, test results too and stuff like that. Um, but anyways, the, the point is, is that this pre-roll was really good. It went out or I ignored it like twice. Um, so I had to relight it a couple times, like throughout the movie, but I maintained more or less a pretty consistent, really fucking deep high. And it just took me down like memory lane, honestly, between watching this movie about them going to this crazy fancy restaurant and just like their whole experience there, because I was just like, fuck, like I want to get lit as hell and go to a crazy fancy restaurant right now. And it just you, reminded me of all my fancy restaurant times, which I was going to say you fun fact about Kate. Um, mm. She fucking loves fancy restaurant I love and fancy, fancy dinner. dinner. She calls it fancy dinner and she oh, dresses like dinner. a stripper every time yep. she goes. And I just love that journey for her. I personally, I like chicken wings. So we, we know you <laughs> frequent the Applebee's. Like. Yeah, right. <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. It's that shit do be schmacking like the kids say. <laughs> um, so was it good for you? <laughs> I don't know how to ask, like, if, like, did the high match, like, the vibe that you were hoping for? Um, kind of. I, 
I guess I don't know because like this this high was it was really sedating and it was like very heavy and I was just like in the electric blanket like having my moment type of thing and this movie felt a little more like tense and on edge uh would you describe it as a thriller I don't know I would no um, I don't okay well uh, <laughs> that's my hot take <laughs> um no but it was it was a good vibe it was a good vibe like i was able to like really like sit in and like watch the craziness mm -hmm. and just kind of like allow like my mind to go off on these different fucking trains of mm -hmm. like what is happening and like what is this what is this reminding me of like what is this like um that's a bad description but weed good weed good weed good um weed good. i nice. ate i ate a really incredible snack during this movie but I kind of don't want to talk about it till the end because of the snack Ooh. that I ate, <laughs> you okay. know, like it, okay. I, I chose a snack that is relevant to the last fucking five minutes of the movie. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. So I think I'll talk about my snack at the end, um, but it was good. I have a recipe, even though it's not a recipe, it's just like ingredients and how long to cook it for. Which is technically a recipe. Um. <laughs> Hi, welcome to our podcast where you well, describe what the this fuck is recipe. a recipe <laughs> podcast. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Shut up. Um, okay, so the menu, um, I'm saying um too many times. The menu is stars Anya Taylor Joy, who I thought I thought her name was Anna Taylor Joy. It also stars Rafe Fines. Who I thought it was pronounced Ralph Fines, but it's it turns Rafe. out we don't know how to read. Um, I don't know, and I realized <laughs> that I'm an idiot, and both of their names I was wrong about. So Anya Taylor Joy plays uh, Margot. I also found out that Anya Taylor Joy is only fucking 26. So this gorgeous, beautiful, amazing actress is younger than I am, and that made me feel really old. <laughs> um, we recognize her from The Queen's Gambit amazing mm -hmm. amazing show on netflix mm -hmm. she was also in the witch which i didn't love wait was the she, witch was she the sister in the witch the oldest sister she was like the main chick in the witch how did i i've seen i've seen the witch a couple times but yeah i didn't okay. i didn't love it maybe we need to watch it again for this podcast um she was also in last night in soho which is another one that i didn't watch but i wanted to um, we'll because it's like a yeah we'll get there it's like a spooky creepy i don't know what really the fuck it's about but it has anya taylor joy and she's amazing listen whenever we get time to watch it uh we'll come back and we'll tell you all about it yeah and i'll be like remember anya taylor joy who started the menu with uh rafe fines so <laughs> um rafe plays chef julian slowick um who is if if you just put your hand over his nose the entire time you'll be reminded that he is fucking lord voldemort like amazing <laughs> he well he's also been in everything like he was in schindler's list he was in other movies that are slipping what, my mind right now was this he is, in the red dragon he was in the red dragon he was in the red dragon do this you is, see <laughs> This is a good movie podcast. I'm like, yeah, it's got one of the fucking best actors of all time. And he was you know, Lord Voldemort. And I don't know else, so. <laughs> Welcome to mediocrity. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of wish that um, he was British in this movie. I wish that Chef Slowick was British just because mm -mm. he has such a beautiful voice. I, 
I thought he did so good in the role, though, oh, honestly. So like, that very just, like, his fucking clapping and shit like that to get Oh, my attention. God. Like, the, the, the clapping. It, what other movie we'll was doing it. the clapping, the conjuring? It's, it, it was essentially yeah. just, like, clap, clap, call back to the conjuring. Spooky, spooky time. Everybody pay attention to my cool kitchen now. Ready, clap, go. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, so just jump into it. What are your first scene notes, bro? Yeah. So, okay. It opens up. We're kind of on like a dock um, situation. Nick, this guy, Nicholas Holt, who I thought played, um, what's his name? Pete in the office. But Caitlin told me that he did not. So no. and he you know just what? has one of those faces that's so recognizable. So but he's he was in The Great on Hulu. And that is an absolutely amazing watch, honestly. He plays um he plays Peter um who is like a oh god now i'm just embarrassing myself um he plays peter he's a R russian dude russian prince um and he just like wreaks havoc on everything and if anyways if you haven't seen the great on hulu that that's a good watch wonderful know. amount of nicholas holt facetime um highly recommend can you keep track of like our recommendations you know, for each episode <laughs> That's cool. Me well, neither. So I would okay. love to say, like, Listen. check the show notes, but that's never going to fucking happen. So, but so far we have uh, Queen's Gambit and what what did you say? The Great? The Great. Mm -hmm. And the Pepsi one. <laughs> the Pepsi documentary. And where's my goddamn jet Pepsi, you fucking Was lying that, asshole? That might, been, that might not make the final cut, though. Oh, okay. Shut up. We're talking about the menu. Um, Nicholas Holt. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Nicholas Holt. He plays Tyler. Tyler is the biggest fucking douchebag. I don't, there are few characters that I hate more with the, the intensity that I hated Tyler in this movie. So it starts, <laughs> Tyler I... and Margot are standing there and Tyler is telling Margot not to smoke a cigarette because it will kill her palate so mm -hmm. she's like she starts off fast with like i'm a bad bitch i do what i want and she says at least her palate will die happy <laughs> and he just is it feels like forever that he is mansplaining what a palate is and how it works to Margot. and i'm like this is never gonna fucking end if he's gonna be like this the entire movie um <laughs> Yeah, no, they really do a good job at, like, setting the viewers up to, like, hate him. Mm -hmm. But I got to be totally honest. When I am in the mindset of going to fancy dinner, I'm Tyler. Yeah, you're a damn Tyler. I know. I, know. I, <laughs> I can't help it. I And I'm just like, you know, you got to get the mouth feel right and all that. Don't say mouth feel. Which, and is, you know which is a Margot quote. That's her line. That's yeah, her that's line. Her line. She, she says, says, don't say mouth feel. And I am about the mouth feel. I understand it. I, I appreciate it, mouth feel. And I understand that people are supposed to hate Tyler in this situation and be like, oh, he's a poser. He's a douchebag. And like, I get that. That's correct. But also, comma, sometimes that me. Okay, but the way 
the his character arc and the way that the level of douchebaggery that he arrives to you have never gotten there like i can comfortably say that and i will i will come back to this later and i will point out exactly why spoiler, <laughs> you have spoiler, never gotten spoiler, that, spoiler, that. Spoiler, okay spoiler. Yeah, yeah that part so um, but at the same time like if i am going to fancy dinner i'm not smoking before i will wait and smoke after okay. honestly and truly it, it is fair because the, so the restaurant they're going out to is called um, Hawthorne and it's on Hawthorne Island. They only take 12 customers a night and it is uh, $1,250 per person. So it's fair that Tyler like doesn't want Margot's palate to be ruined. Would you um, ever spend that much money on dinner? No. Me either. I almost I spent I that much money on hair extensions. What the fuck? <laughs> not on a single dinner, but that's for the <laughs> hair podcast. That's a separate conversation. Um, but no, I honestly can't say that I would because you could buy like a, a used Toyota Corolla for that price. So. <laughs> not in this economy. <laughs> not in this, yeah. You couldn't even, even buy the gas for a Toyota Corolla. You couldn't Corolla buy a catalytic converter for that. <laughs> this episode is going to be seven hours long. So great. Listen, <laughs> awesome. we get to pray. Oh, no, I just burped. Anyway. We get to practice editing, including that. <laughs> so we are very quickly introduced to the other 10 customers as they're all kind of arriving on this dock. Um, and the characters, they're just so, they're well-written, but they're also well-acted because a lot of these actors um, did some minor improv with like just, you know, their small mannerisms and things. Um, and the, di it's just, the dialogue tells us so much about them. Like the rich finance bro type guys arrive and they're talking about like how much accounting is going to hate them for going to such an expensive dinner. And they say like, oh, it's not even a client dinner. And they say, fuck, like we're the worst. We're so annoying. And I'm like, yes, you are. That is really good self-awareness. <laughs> love that one of those guys, Arturo Castro, um, he was, oh my God. I may. I may from Broad May. I'm just like, I may look at you coming yep. up in the um, world, being a bro. <laughs> big recommendation for Broad City, also. <laughs> if you're if you're taking notes of things to watch, Broad City is amazing. Um, we also see the like major food critic, Lillian Bloom. And she's with someone from the magazine, but I can't remember this guy's name, like the magazine that she's writing the critique article for. Um, of course douche Tyler loses his mind that Lillian Bloom is here and he's like oh tonight's gonna be fucking epic like Lillian Bloom is here and Margo's like I don't know who that is I, I also don't know who that is I'll say mouthfeel but like I'm not gonna be able to recognize a food critic by their face like right. IRL <laughs> right <laughs> um so they're on the boat going out to the island whatever Tyler is talking about mouthfeel and marco mm. says don't say mouthfeel mm. he's he's doing the thing you know he's taking pictures of the food um Same. and mar we're just like solidifying how much of a douche he is and how pretentious he is and marco's just so cool like she has she has this bright red hair that i think we've i think it's anya's natural hair color but I think Anya's blonde right now, but the red hair is just, like, incredible on her. She even has, like, I paused it at this one point, and I saw she has these little gold safety pin earrings. And that's just such, like, a bad bitch move. She's just so cool. 
I don't know if I want to be her or be friends with her. You want to date her? You like her? I, yeah, I mean, we might have to open. Me and Donnie might have to be into like a thruple thing <laughs> with not even Anya Taylor Joy, just with Margot because she's so cool. Just with 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 the character. Don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So they get to the island. Whatever. Um, a woman with what I can only describe as incredibly aggressive bangs is check it and her name's elsa um she's checking everyone in i think she's the mater d and elsa was like very upset that Margot was there because it seems like tyler had to make like a last minute change with who his guest was um so we're led to believe that maybe tyler had like an ex-girlfriend that he broke up with or something like, um and he like it's apparent that they're recently dating. Like this is a recent yeah, thing. Yeah. And you can tell like they're still trying to like feel each other out about like how are we going to act in public at this nice restaurant type of shit. And you can tell like there's like a little bit of tension there going on. Yeah, but it's not like first date vibes. It's maybe like um like third or fourth date mm -hmm, vibes, mm -hmm. for that, which expensive date for third or fourth date like that's a lot. Just love that for her more than. Love that for her. God, she deserves it. She's so fucking cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Elsa, after everyone gets all checked in, Elsa's giving all the guests a tour of Hawthorne Island. And she's explaining that all of the food that they are eating comes kind of from the environment around them and on the island. Um, they see like a boat out in the ocean. I don't know if it's the ocean, actually. It was technically filmed in Georgia. Is there ocean in Georgia? <laughs> Uh, oh no, public school stupid. didn't do good for me for geography, but I'm gonna say, yeah, our public school didn't even have a geography class, so yeah, let's start there. <laughs> it looks like the ocean, but so it we're made to think that it's the ocean, even if it's not the ocean. Um, anyway, there's a boat that's harvesting the scallops that they're gonna eat tonight, and at one point, I'm just gonna call him Jaime, even though that's not his name. <laughs> Jaime Castro, one of the finance bros, is like, yeah, oh no, it wasn't him. It was John Leguizamo, which John Leguizamo is also in this movie and he's amazing. And he says, like, yeah, harvest harder, bro. <laughs> Out to like the person who's actively working for these stupid fucking rich people out in the ocean. <laughs> Honestly, can, can I just say, like, while I was watching this movie, I just kept picturing him as like, Oh, what if Charlie Sheen did this? <laughs> didn't you say that Charlie Sheen was going to do it? No, I didn't. Um, I Daniel did. Radcliffe, I think, might have been considered for the role. I don't know if that information is true or coming yeah. from just my own opinions. But Daniel Radcliffe, I think, was considered for the role. That didn't go through, so he went. But the whole time I was watching it, I was just like, this is like exactly like if Charlie Sheen went to a <laughs> fancy dinner and was just like, I'm the guy, I'm the king, <laughs> I know the chef, what's up? I got fucking tiger's blood, go get me some. <laughs> Some scallops to feed my ass type thing like right. those just the vibes that i got <laughs> and one thing that i noticed which like it's just such a small detail but john leguizamo's character actually doesn't have a name like if you go and google the menu and look at the cast it'll say john leguizamo <laughs> and it just says movie star so which <laughs> is like so great because John Leguizamo's character, he keeps expecting people to notice him. Like he tried to, he asked his assistant to make the reservation under a fake name, 
but his assistant didn't because she's like no one recognizes you like you're being stupid and he's like god this always happens like people are gonna know it's me <laughs> she's like no one no one knows it's you that's so funny yeah it was great. John Leguizamo is amazing. And I guess this is dipping into my fun facts, but he, um, he like crafted that whole character off of Martin Scorsese. And one of the producers was like, why didn't you just craft it off of yourself? <laughs> like, why didn't you just do it as He's John He's like, Leguizamo? no, that's too real. I got it. <laughs> He's like, no, that's too real. We're getting yeah. too deep. I ain't and doing all that. And I think part of it is, like, if someone tells you the name John Leguizamo, you have to go, like, oh, hold on. Let me look up his face and let me see who that is. And when you see his face, you go, oh, yeah. <laughs> so he's, like, so perfectly cast, and he plays it so well. <laughs> um, my favorite John Le – this is a John Leguizamo podcast now, but <laughs> my favorite <laughs> – John Leguizamo character. He played um, Scrat in Ice Age. <laughs> Are you fucking hitting me right now? Can we just take a pause break right here, like for cuts? Because we got to hit the IMDb really quick. Um, we'll be right back. In Ice Age? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, shit. No, not Scrat. It's not Scrat. Oh, my God. He was in all, of, all the Ice Ages. It's not Scrat. He was Sid. I was wrong. Doesn't anybody care about Sid the Sloth? Yeah, so he was Sid the Sloth. He was not Scrat. Sid the Sloth. And you can just hear it in his voice, even in this movie. Um, right. Yeah. John Leguizamo, great. <laughs> my mind is blown right now. Yeah. He was That's also, for, for my more recent fans of animated movies he was the voice of bruno and encanto we don't talk about bru no 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 that's all. i know that's that song but i still know. still haven't seen Encanto. we're gonna yet. i don't we'll i there. think we're gonna have yeah we'll, we'll get there we'll get <laughs> that's there. the that's the subline of this podcast we'll get there anyway <laughs> elsa is touring the island with all these rich fuckers and Margot because she's cool and she's not one of them. So <laughs> Elsa takes them into like the staff living quarters and tells the guests that all of the staff live there on site 24 seven, even chef Slowick, even though he like, he doesn't live with them. He has like his own cottage. Um, this part is when I started to get creeped out because there's about 20 like prison style beds in like a military barrack-esque place like a warehouse it did give me barracks flashbacks yeah for sure. vibes. like there was everything but the lockers and the bunk beds like they're lucky yeah. they had single cots type of thing right um and i didn't realize the first time that i watched it but on this rewatch I paused it and I saw that there's fucking toilets right next to the bed. Mm -hmm. So they don't even like, you can't even shit in peace in this place. And like, who is the unlucky son of a bitch that gets the bed right next to the toilet? Like there's not a gap or anything. It's like a, maybe a foot away <laughs> from one of these beds. Not me. Couldn't be me. 
when I was in basic training for the army, um, we would take battle shits together. We had to get over that really fast, oh, being in a bay okay. of like 120 women, um, ages 17 to like basically like 40 ish yeah. just like having to get used to shitting next to other motherfuckers yeah but that like Absolutely that's not insane. normal for like when you work at a restaurant like okay but not... can can we talk about restaurant working conditions when it comes down to that type of thing because first of all I've never worked in the food service industry, but I feel like I've known enough people to know that if you're working at that high end type of thing, like IRL, you're on coke, like period. Like oh, there's 100%. no way you're not like just like, yeah. fucking coked out of your brain doing that shit. Like the vibes of the bear on Hulu, another yes, exactly. amazing show. Yeah. Oh, love the math. All of it. 100%. Um, just like, you know poked out like a motherfucker taking things so seriously to the point where like when when you are again like what's her ass said like tweezing the shit out of a plate type of thing tweezed like, to shit. yeah it's tweezed to shit yeah like if you're doing that and you're that intense you're not going to spend a lot of time sleeping or yeah, living but... in those areas like you are up at uh pastry hours which is like uh 3 a.m yeah. i think and like dinner service at what seven that goes for how many hours to the middle of the night like that's like four hours of sleep and apparently yeah that's but at least you have a door to shit behind <laughs> meh Caitlin's <laughs> <laughs> hot take is it's fine to live in this creepy like cult warehouse um oh, by I the mean, way like, it, it does take it next level like like that yeah. is some next level like crazy type of stuff it's to intense. have yeah. like actually like what you said like prison style shitters at yeah. this restaurant <laughs> a restaurant it's a fucking restaurant so we come and i even understand and, and for, for this for the staff quarters too yeah i understand <laughs> the staff living on on the island like that that makes sense you know because they have to I mean, Elsa tells them, she tells the guests that every day starts at 6 a.m. with prep work. And then she goes into like, we ferment, we slaughter, we marinate, we liquefy, we gel. And it's like, what the fuck does that even mean? It's the weed gel for me. The weed gel. Yeah. <laughs> so there is a lot of work that goes behind it. So it makes sense on service nights to stay the night before, but they stay there all the fucking time and i the the hill i'm dying on is i need a door to ship behind and that's just me i went to girl scout camp i still got a door to ship behind like that is the bare minimum of you know humanity. what's crazy though is like neither of us would ever 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 consider working a job where we were required to live on premises of the job and i think we no. just need to not lose sight of that fact Actually, when we're that's trying not to true. We've both taken those jobs. I know, but <laughs> you were in the military. <laughs> I did the Disney College program. <laughs> and I had to live tomato on potato, man. Tomato potato. <laughs> it's it's basically the same. Um, but yeah, no, like uh, uh, now where where I'm at now, I would not consider living on site where my job is. I, I wouldn't want to do that. I would have um, to be given a lot of money. But I would think about it. But I need no, no. a door to ship behind. I need a door to ship behind. That's do you the think? Minimum. Do you think all these sh chefs um, in the menu? Do you think they're salaried, or do you think they're hourly? I think they don't fucking get paid. Are I they blood oath? 
So, okay, here's the deal. As soon as I saw their living quarters, and I didn't think this the first time I saw the movie, but I thought it the second time I saw the movie, I was like, whoa, it's a cult movie. I did not think that about it the first time I watched it, but now I'm like, this is this is a cult, not a movie that has like a cult following, you know, but like this is a movie about a cult. So sure. Yeah, that's my hill I'm gonna die on. You can mm -hmm. die on the hill if you don't need a door to shit behind, but I personally <laughs> do. Otherwise, I'm calling it a cult. So <laughs> um one of the finance bros asks while they're while they're doing the tour of the barracks. I'm just gonna call them what they are. Sure. But one of the finance bros asks Elsa if she ever gets burned out, and she is like fucking just so taken aback by this question and she was like oh, we never burn anything unless by design like <laughs> she couldn't she, like a bitch could never she couldn't imagine being like burned out because like this is when you start to get the sense that obviously like working for chef slowick is like their life it's what they've committed their life to yeah, like, that is their, like, reason to live type of thing. Like, they wouldn't consider the possibility of burnt out because burnt out has some sort of negative connotation in the yeah. sense that, you know, you're having a hard time or a bad time or you're struggling with something. And in in their eyes, I guess, and their, you know, their cult, as you're calling it, um, they're not, you know, seeing that. They're just like, yeah. I live for this. This mm -hmm. is my passion. I, they will die on this hill. <laughs> and they're blindly following a single leader. Um, that's a cult. Might I introduce you to Jim Jones? Anyways, this is now a cult podcast. <laughs> so we, fi they finish the tour, whatever. They make it into the restaurant. Um, and it, I haven't really been to a ton of like really fancy restaurants. So maybe you can talk more about it. But it seems like a fairly normal high-end restaurant. Like, it's a little more open concept than, like, your typical TGI Fridays is. This um, bitch. <laughs> and, you know, the, all of the different sous chefs and the kitchen staff and whoever with the different French titles of what their jobs are, they're all you know, prepping the meals and they're placing weird spherical balls with like tweezers and shit. As, yeah, like, so I've, I've never them. been to a restaurant that had an open kitchen like that. Um, I would die to go to that. Wouldn't pay a thousand dollars, but one that is sack. nice. Um, so I've never been to an open concept kitchen styled restaurant like that before. Um, the fanciest place that I've ever been to is the spot in Vegas and like they had like a chef's table in the back mm -hmm. um where like you were they put a table in the side of the kitchen type of thing so you could pay extra extra monies to do that um but more or less I would say you know the full like floor to ceiling like mid-mod style restaurant this is is just like beautiful from an architectural sense love uh -huh. the open concept love that natural light type of thing um i hate to say this out loud but um there is a scene where margo goes to use the restroom where she's trying to smoke a cigarette out the window and that tile work that green tile is just such my vibe 
it's beautiful. Just such a yeah. vibe. It's so gorgeous. Yeah. The whole um, and I would also probably vape in the bathroom just for that business high type. Of I know you would. I know you would. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, and the whole, yeah, the whole restaurant's gorgeous. And there's these huge windows overlooking whatever the body, the large body of water is that Atlanta. delivered them onto the, yeah, the body of water of Atlanta. Um, so it's gorgeous. And obviously, hopefully it's worth the money that they paid to be there. Um and while they're sitting down, something that they've kind of just been focusing on in like small little snippets, Margot has been making really weird and like uncomfortable typefaces towards one of the older male guests. And his name is Richard Liebrandt, but everyone keeps calling him Mr. Liebrandt. Um, I don't know if he's worthy of a mister, but <laughs> she saw him on the boat and she kind of mumbled like, oh, fuck, under her breath. Um, and the camera just keeps showing us that she's giving him like these weird looks and she just seems like shooketh from his presence. And honestly, I mean, like his wife picks up on it, too. She's just like, doesn't she look like our daughter? Yeah. And he goes like, so I, I, I actually thought that it was her dad or something, you know, cause like if you're estranged from your parent, you might be like, you know, you might not be like, Oh, hi dad. If you like see him on the boat, you know, yeah. but yeah, when, when Lee Brandt's wife says like, Oh, she looks like our Claire. He gets so <laughs> mad. And he's like, she looks nothing like our Claire. And I was like, Oh fuck. I think she, has seen his dick <laughs> before. That was immediately where my mind. Immediately. Oh well, yeah, I was like, either she's, she's seen his downstairs or... mix up. So Elsa does let the guests know that they can interact with the kitchen since it is an open concept, and of course, our sweet little douche face Tyler is just beside himself with joy, and he like physically jumps up at the opportunity but he's reaching to get his phone out of his pocket and Elsa's like um no sir you may not take pictures of the food like it basically it like compromises the beauty of the evening and he looks like the saddest fucking puppy dog at this news he is just absolutely defeated <laughs> what is it called when you want to do that at your wedding where you don't do pictures or have people on their cell phones oh an unplugged ceremony yeah, yeah they're trying to have an unplugged dinner this is an unplugged <laughs> dinner this is again when we are reminded of the absolute fucking nightmare of a human being that tyler is he goes Who's in me? the kitchen <laughs> Who is literally Caitlin. <laughs> Tyler goes into the kitchen and walks up to the sous chef and just has the biggest, like, he has the most punchable face at this moment. And he's talking to the sous chef about something called a Paco Jet, which I had to Google it. And hold your Paco Jet rant. <laughs> right. I had to Google what a Paco Jet is. And they did, luckily for us, as the stupid women that we are, Tyler mansplains what a Paco Jet is to Margot, and it apparently turns food into like a powdery, like snow kind of texture. He ends his mansplaining by saying, I have one. So I fucking Googled it, Tyler. And let me just say, no, the fuck you don't. Paco Jets are like $8,000. That's what just, the fuck I was going to say. I tried to look up one on eBay. It's eight grand, bro. It is eight grand to have your mouth feel like you're eating snow. And it's massive. It's the size of probably like, 
I don't know. The ones I saw on eBay were really big, but this okay, one big, wasn't big spoiler huge. alert. Like Marco kills a bitch with the Paco jet. Like mm, she, she tries fucking, to. She tries to. <laughs> Damn. Like she. It's Man, bi- it's it's, bi- it's I really big... hope this film was sponsored by Paco Jet. <laughs> I honestly don't think they need any sponsorships. It, I don't think they need any more traffic because now if you go to fucking Google and you type in Paco Jet, it comes up Paco Jet the kitchen even before or not the kitchen, the menu, even before where, are we? <laughs> where what's happening? <laughs> even before like Paco Jet's for sale. So like the menu has done amazing things for Paco Jet. And honestly, good for them. They should sponsor us. <laughs> they sponsor anyone. <laughs> oh I'll, I'll do an unboxing video of me opening my new Paco Jet and I'm gonna Paco. use it in the way that Margot did to see if um it's accurate. To smash the faces of intruders in your home. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have the counter yeah. space for that. <laughs> it is big. It's way bigger than a KitchenAid. Um, we finally get to see Lord Voldemort himself, Chef Julian Slowick. And Elsa's like, Elsa's like whispering, the Mater D, she's like whispering something to him. And Chef is just deadpan staring at Margot like with the force of a thousand suns and Tyler of course is like oh my god why is he staring at me like, I always get you staring at me <laughs> I always get you fucking looking at me <laughs> um but he is obviously staring at Margot and I just assumed it was because Elsa got so butthurt about her like being a late addition to the guest list you know Dinner finally begins, and I love that before each course is served, we just kind of get a little prompt on the screen telling us which course is being served. It helps me, like, keep track of what the fuck is happening. Um, It is neurospicy friendly, honestly. Yeah. And, like, plus, I love the menu breakdown, too, just on, like, what is this? What is that? What's going on? And especially... (laughs) I'll I'll let you get there. I'll just I'll talk about I'm it. I'm glad that like you're keeping track of all of that because like I didn't take notes on what the food was because uh, like call me when it's some chicken wings. Let me know when I get I didn't some either, actual fucking food. But I love food. a scallop. I love a scallop. I do. I mean I, yeah. again, comma tweezer to death. However, love a good salad. The fact that they are serving this on what is it like a volcanic rock uh-huh. or something like that that uh-huh. has like the sea salt fucking ooh la la for uh-huh. oh, that is fucking right down my alley like i would love to be inside of that plate i would love to be about that scallop see Fresh when caught. a plate ooh. when a plate comes ooh. my way i eat whatever's on it no <laughs> It, it has mushrooms. Don't lie like that. No, no. I don't. Yeah. Fun fact about me: I don't fuck with mushrooms. So <laughs> psychedelic or otherwise. <laughs> um. So yeah, we have our little prompt about which course is being served, and the incredibly creepy serving staff is all just bringing out like a single little plate one at a time. Um. And as the guests are enjoying their little amuse-bouche, um, we're given more insight into, like, their backgrounds and just kind of what their fucking deals are. I think it's funny because Lillian Bloom, who is a critic and makes her money off of pretentious food, is talking about how pretentious the food is. And, like, she, I guess, hates, like, foam. And she's talking about how stupid, like, 
all of these different textures are. Of course, our little douche face Tyler sneaks his phone out to take a little picture like under his armpit. I'm like, you stupid. I mean, son of honestly, a bitch. <laughs> like, okay, one of these days I am gonna take you to fancy dinner somewheres and I'm gonna have you take pictures of the food. We're gonna take pictures of the food. Oh no, I have, take pictures all the time. I, I take pictures of the food, but of like picture worthy food, like of um trash can nachos from Guy Fieri's restaurant <laughs> in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Bucks with the donkey sauce. <laughs> this podcast is going to be eight hours long this now. Is, because this podcast is also like the, you know, auditorial <laughs> representation of trash can nachos. This is a donkey sauce fan girl podcast. <laughs> you know, every time we've said this podcast is, we should just edit it together to be like... <laughs> This podcast is this podcast. That's the title. Is, that is the gonna title be... of the podcast is this podcast is. God. <laughs> um, we also get to hear a good amount of conversation between John Leguizamo and his assistant Felicity. I thought this was so fucking funny. I love and her. we for we forgot to say that this this movie is tagged as like a horror satire movie. So it's supposed to be funny just like situationally you know you know what satire is google it if you don't um so felicity <laughs> is actively trying to like remind john leguizamo that she's quitting and he is having like none of it she's trying to give him like her company credit card and her work phone and his apartment key and he's saying like oh that's not transferable i don't have pockets no 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 like he's just not having it and i couldn't help but wonder like I mean, in any other situation other than this, like if they were at a TGI Fridays, like wouldn't you wait until the bill came to like do all of that? Why is she doing it the moment that they sit down <laughs> at this restaurant? Honestly, like power to her for doing that. Cause like that, that thought never crossed my mind. I think she was just like, she just reminds me, like her character reminds me of like this just like, go-to chick who's organizing this yeah. Charlie Sheen types uh, yeah. you know, lifestyle. She's just like, you know what? That's it. You said one thing about the tiger's blood and I'm done. That's it. I'm like, here's my stuff. Take all this shit. Like I quit my job. This is enough. Let's just have dinner. Let's wrap it up. We'll yeah. fucking yeet back on the boat together. And then mm -hmm. I don't want to hear from you again. I quit my job. Yeah. And probably honestly, if she was going to a fancy dinner that, he was paying for type of thing too that might be one of those things where if she's just nervous and like wants to like get that off of her chest so she can enjoy dinner mm -hmm. like i get that too um i one time was so nervous at fancy dinner i asked the person i was with who had celiacs if they wanted anything from the bread cart and um that's not <laughs> how that works actually and um also, Trev proposed to me before dinner because I was so freaking nervous and losing it. And he was like, I just wanted you to relax and actually enjoy <laughs> dinner. Um, and you're being, you know, all fucking hyphy and shit. So fucking hyphy. Yeah, I guess that does make sense. So they like were... I bet she was just trying to get it off her chest and then like, yeah. okay, let me dig into like what yeah. is these scallops? Like, what is this non-bread bread? <laughs> So one of the one of the things that him and Felicity were talking about is that he's going to pitch some travel food show to like what I, I like assume it. is like good. the food network. <laughs> yeah. So she asks him like how's the food and he goes I like it. It's good. 
and like the typical John Leguizamo <laughs> voice. And she was like, you can't just say it's good. Like you're trying to do a whole food show. <laughs> and he lays it out about like, well, here's what I see. I'm in Italy. I'm wearing pants. I'm on a Vespa. Like I'm going here. I say it's good. And then I leave. And then I'm in South Africa or something. And Felicity says, this didn't make any sense to me. But it was fucking hilarious. She's like, I don't think you can go to South Africa with the DUI. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Why couldn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. Um, <laughs> that was like the perfect wrap up to the first course. So, uh, Chef Slowick is introducing himself in the next course, and he's talking about like, I don't think you can go to South Africa with a DUI. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Chef Slowick is, you know, opening the next course by introducing himself. And he's also like setting the tone for the evening, which is a hundred percent creepy. Mm. Like he's reminding all of them to be mindful and not just to eat, but to actually like savor and relish the food because this menu is too precious to just eat. And he's you know, moving on to introduce the next dish and those freshly caught scallops from before that Caitlin is a big fan of. And Doucheface starts whispering something to Margot, I think about, those are the scallops that they caught before. And Chef just goes, <laughs> sorry, like in front of everyone. Tyler wants to crawl inside of his own asshole where he belongs, and he just wants to mm -hmm. die. He is so embarrassed, and I can't blame him. I would be really embarrassed too. After Chef is done talking and he has this like beautiful montage or I don't know if it's called a montage monologue. That's the word. Oh, wow. Beautiful monologue about how beautiful nature is and how what's happening in the kitchen is nothing compared to the rest of the island. So after he's done with that little that little speech. Margot turns to Tyler and Tyler is crying and I thought it was because he was embarrassed but it's because he was so moved by what was happening and he fucking asked Margot do you think chef is mad at me <laughs> and she's honestly as like, somebody with anxiety that's me every day do you think they're mad at me she's just like it doesn't fucking matter if he's <laughs> mad at you like damn just bring out the chicken wings <laughs> Tyler. He's just full of fuckery. Um, as is the next course, which is a bread plate with no fucking bread. So your friend with celiacs would do great with this bread plate. Literally, like, I... I still wonder if the man running the bread cart was mad at me for asking the person I he was still with that. Yeah, no, he told me. He, he heard we were starting this podcast and he told me he's mad at you. So it's a fucking bread plate with no bread. Um, and the whole point behind it, I guess, is that bread is like the food peasantry. of the common man. Yeah, peasantry. But the people dining here are not common, obviously, because they can afford fucking an insane amount of money for they this dinner. They can just dinner. like shred a cool, like, what would we say, $1,200 a plate? Yeah, but, yeah, $1,200 plus. Like, so, like, meh. Luckily, it wasn't just a plate with nothing on it, because I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, just an empty plate. But they got a plate of unaccompanied accompaniments, which was just, like, little dollops of sauces and things. I don't really know what it was, but I do like sauce, so I guess I would have <laughs> enjoyed that. Um, and, of course, everyone is laughing at how ridiculous it is. 
and Tyler is just trying to figure out like what's the theme? What's the theme? What is there's this always a theme. <laughs> there's always a theme and there's always a story. And Tyler is trying to figure it out by placing his lips directly on Chef Slok's asshole. <laughs> so. Oh my god. <laughs> Lillian Bloom, our lovely food critic, obviously has thoughts and feelings about this dish. And she points out at one point that one of the emulsions is broken, which is like obviously unacceptable for a restaurant of this caliber. So Elsa, with our her aggressive bangs, brings out a massive bowl, like a like a salad bowl, and says, here's another broken emulsion for you, ma'am, and, like, plops it down, and Chef is just fucking staring at Lillian Bloom, like I he's gonna avada cadaver. <laughs> love the amount of sass that any business is going to take where it's like, oh, hey, do you know how you talk shit about this one little thing? Well, what if I just kind of amplify that to show you how much I really don't care about yeah. your opinion and what you think? And I just I love that shit. I love <laughs> Wendy's clapping back on Twitter. Like, <laughs> fucking, I love, I, uh, you know, working in retail, I, I love when a business is going to take a stance to put a big old middle yeah. finger out there. Just, just yeah. for, just to be like, hey, man, we're, we're doing what we can. Yeah. Sorry we, br we broke that one tiny dot emulsion. Sorry you got that plate. Sorry you're the food critic. But also... That's, She's there to you know where you can food. You know where you can put that emulsion. <laughs> I also love the hard stance of, well, why don't you fucking eat it then, bitch? Because and if like, I, I'm sorry, but like we're doing little tiny dots, like li little tiny, like you know, eraser sized dots of yeah. like di these different sauces, emulsions, whoever, whatever to try. And like the size of bowl they brought to her was not like a soup bowl or like a oh. soup type of cup. It was like a mixing salad bowl, just full of fucking liquid. Like that thing is so it was comically, satirically full. It's and so to glassy. be fair, to be fair, the emulsion was broken <laughs> in the bowl. <laughs> You could see it was separated in the bowl. So, like, she wasn't fucking wrong. If I was served that shit, I would not fucking know. I would not know the difference, <laughs> to be honest. Well, we watched a lot of guys' grocery games, so you <laughs> can tell when a sauce is broken. Isn't that, okay. isn't that just, like, a step over, like, shopping cart sprinting, like, that's exactly what it is. This is now a Guy Fieri fangirl podcast. So. <laughs> um, the finance bros, they were pissed about the lack of bread. And they said, like, no, seriously, like, why don't you bring us some fucking bread? Get us and some bread things free, too, if you don't mind. And Elsa oh, just really plainly nice says, um, yeah, Elsa just plainly says, no, I'm not bringing you bread. They ask what I can only define as the million-dollar question that you have heard from every single finance bro douchebag out there. <laughs> Do you know who we are? No, don't. She, don't know. Don't care. But Elsa was like, um, yeah, I do. We make a point to know who all of our guests are. But then Elsa leans in to Jaime, which I know is not his name, but I can't 
couldn't remember and it doesn't matter but she leans in and she's like you will eat more than you desire and less than you deserve just to Jaime and he was like (laughs) with the bangs it was terrifying after just dropping off that massive bowl of broken emulsion I was like Elsa's not fucking around Rachel can you imagine sitting in an Applebee's and having a waitress get that close to your ear and tell you that when you ask for extra fucking ranch she's not wrong like (laughs) I will eat more ranch than I desire but still not as much as I deserve (laughs) I think you got that backwards (laughs) not me not me man Applebee's has good ranch (laughs) Applebee's sponsor us (laughs) Please sponsor us. I want the dollar margaritas to come back. (laughs) (laughs) So the scene ends with Chef Slowick asking Margo why she isn't eating the no bread plate. And she jokes that she's like, oh, I don't want to fill up. And Chef, of course, says that it's not possible because he's perfectly crafted these portions. And she jokingly says, well, you told us not to eat earlier which technically he did, but he is like not enjoying her little sarcastic comments. And she finally puts her foot down and just says that she is more than capable of knowing when and what she wants to eat. And Tyler is just slowly dying. He is mortified with this If he could like, just like lean back in his chair and like slink all the way down onto the ground, he probably would. And, but just slink down to the ground and then up Chef Sloak's asshole. I think he would (laughs) if he could. Yeah. Um, This is also, we keep seeing like an older woman in the corner who isn't eating, but she is fucking smashing this wine, not like actually Mm -hmm. smashing it. Like she's just pounding it down. She, (laughs) she's a lot. Um, And the chef just like randomly night while Trevor's dinner. It's a vibe. (laughs) The chef just randomly walks over to her at one point and like rests his head onto hers and everyone thought this was super fucking weird. Chef introduces this woman as his mother at the opening of the next course, um, which is a deconstructed chicken taco called Memory. And Mm. Stoic is talking about his memories of Taco Tuesday growing up when he was a kid in Ohio. And at this point, everyone's like, I felt like they were really enjoying this part of the evening Mm -hmm. um but he tells a story of his dad coming home really drunk one night and how his dad got into a fight with his mom and starts choking her with a telephone cord and to make his dad stop Sloak stabbed his dad in the leg with a pair of kitchen scissors but says oh i should have stabbed him in the throat and everyone's like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? <laughs> dump on me more, chef. Yeah, uh, more daddy. <laughs> daddy Voldemort. So this dish, it's the deconstructed chicken taco. And it's a literal chicken thigh served with a mm. small pair of scissors stabbed in them. And love the presentation. I didn't notice this when I was watching it. But when I went back to post our episode picture mm-hmm. on our Instagram, which is Puff Puff Pass the Popcorn, the plate that it's served on is a fucking rolled up telephone cord. It's fucking beautiful. It's truly it's art, so- honestly. So as they're serving the tacos, the guests start looking at the tortillas that come alongside of this course. And we find out that these tortillas are laser engraved, but they're engraved with embarrassing moments like of each respective guest. So 
Lillian Bloom has like pictures of some restaurants that have closed because of her critiques and the pieces that she's written. And the Lee Brands have pictures of them on different dates. But one of the tortillas is Richard with a woman who is not his wife. Tyler has so great he has pictures <laughs> of that very meal of him taking the pictures he was specifically not supposed to be taking i was like yeah fuck you douchebag but the it's biggest the emotion deal, all over again of i can see what you're doing you fucking dick what you're doing you <laughs> asshole um the biggest deal though is the finance bros their tortillas have images of like tax records and offshore bank accounts basically proving that they're embezzling and breaking the law so they are oh they get their panties all in a bunch over this and they like, thanks tell, come here <laughs> yeah they tell elsa that like they're gonna have that restaurant closed by the morning because their boss is actually the angel investor for Hawthorne. But Elsa, with like some amazing like foreshadowing vibes, just really creepily says, that won't be necessary. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? So what a nice everyone, way to say, go fuck yourself. Right. She's like, I don't even care. Like that <laughs> you don't matter. The tortillas don't matter. None of this matters, essentially. Well, what was on, um, what's his name? John Leguizamo's that they didn't they didn't show his i don't oh no no they did show his his was the movie poster for like his worst movie it was called calling dr sunshine and it was just like <laughs> oh, one of right, those right, trash right. movies you know so his mm -hmm. was just the poster for that which like isn't terrible he just knew it was not a good movie and he even yeah. said like oh yeah my worst movie like it was a terrible script it was like it had a terrible budget i'm just curious what would be on your tortilla if you were eating here Oh, you know, I really don't know because my anxiety makes everything seem there's someone outside my house. Oh, it's Amazon. My anxiety, <laughs> right? My anxiety makes everything seem like it is tortilla, a tortilla level event. So I was, I was trying to think about this before because I felt I knew you were going to ask me this. And I, I honestly don't know. Like, it's probably one of the hundreds of times that I got absolutely blackout, obliterated, drunk. I don't know. I don't know what would be on my tortilla. <laughs> what would be on your tortilla? Um, probably just a bank statement of how much money that I've spent at individual drive-throughs in I don't know a year, two year, my lifetime. Like, just looking at that dollar amount. <laughs> of money that I've spent on drive-throughs would probably floor my ass like hard. <laughs> if it's just things we're ashamed of, then like I guess mine would be like my student loan statements like from Nelnet. <laughs> uh, so everyone is obviously like rich people levels of upset with the tortillas and Margot is just like we don't have to put up with this because we are the customer so she attempts to call the server over to send the food back and tyler fucking snaps on her and he says you don't send shit back to this kitchen and he calls her a child and he says he doesn't need to apologize because he's the one paying which is just overall I don't know. Weird. Cringe. And it's overall cringe. Cringe. Like and you it's can't, 
get to call somebody who you're like taking on a date with you a child and be like i'm in charge of how you act because of you know my money type of thing yeah it's it's ding dong wrong but at the same time would you walk out if someone was paying that money for you to have a meal i wouldn't i mean i don't think you could walk out they're on an island in the middle of georgia the doy (laughs) (laughs) um and we i think we're kind of reminded with the next scene what happens after that is that they can't really just come and go as they please because Margot gets up to like go to the bathroom because she's pissed at tyler and elsa like runs after her because Margo is about to go in this like silver door that's like weird and creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, which Elsa says there's just something special behind it, whatever that means. Margo is just going to the bathroom. When she gets there, you talked about this earlier. She opened the window to smoke, but she sees Elsa walking around outside with a fucking huge set of feathered angel wings. And it's just like, what the fuck is going on? Like what? like, what is happening on this island? Like, I get that you are curating everything to have a meal here on this island. So you're going to have, like, you know, your crops, your fucking, their meat house, their smokehouse that they have and that type of stuff. But, like, what, what in the angel wing is happening here? What in the feathered angel wing fuck is going on right now? <laughs> <laughs> So as she's smoking and just being fucking weirded out by this creepy island, Slowick comes into the bathroom and sees her smoking and is basically like, why aren't you eating the food? Like, he just cuts straight to the business. And they get kind of into this back and forth, like not an argument, but just like she doesn't understand why the fuck he's talking to her like this. And he's continuously asking who are you like what are you doing here and she keeps saying that you know i'm just margo mills from nebraska she kind of takes this conversation as slowick is trying to like tell her that she doesn't belong there and that his food is too good for her because he just plainly says like you shouldn't be here tonight which that offends her and like she storms out but it's all it's all foreshadowing man it's all gonna make sense (laughs) We're back in the dining room. The staff is preparing something, but it's on the floor. It's a big white sheet with flowers and greenery on it. Can I just Um, say, like, I really hoped they were just, like, rolling this, like, fat fucking joint to smoke, like, with all their, you you know, 11 herbs and spices. And just, like, put it all down and just... (laughs) So, Slowick introduces the sous chef, Jeremy, and says that this is Jeremy's dish, and it's called The Mess. So Slowick says it's called The Mess because there's no way to escape the mess of life. And basically, they they have given up everything and everyone in their life to please people that they will never know through their food, basically. So Slowick asked Jeremy if he likes his life. And it was actually really sad. And Jeremy, like, tearfully said no. Slowick then gives him a little little peck on the cheek. Fucking so weird. That's so weird. So culty. So just like see, culty. Um, not as fucking weird as what happens next, though, which is Jeremy taking out a gun, putting it in his mouth, and killing himself. Um, trigger warning for suicide. So too late. So everyone's losing their fucking shit, myself included. 
The, Caitlin, remember before when I said there is a moment that sets you apart from Tyler? This is it because Tyler just says, oh, that was a shock. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, no, I would, uh, um, if somebody killed themselves in front of me as a part of a dish at a dinner, um, yeah, this is the part where I start to disassociate from uh, Tyler. Uh, you are not Tyler. Because you can moment. tell, like, in this moment, he's still excited about the dish. He yeah. does not care about this. And, like, at this point in time, everyone in that dining room is losing their shit. And, um, and oh, what's her name? All the, the, the food Elsa. critic. Yeah, the food critic. She's like, she's like, you know what? This is part of it. This is art. This is uh -huh. show. This is fake. This is, you know, everyone just calm down. Just go with it. Just go with the vibe. And I think she's, like, so committed to the fact that she just wants to, like, not believe that this just happened, yeah. that she's trying to defend it. Yeah. And she really does, like, up until, like, the next fucking scene type of thing. But she was just like, it's fine. I swear. It's cool. It's, yeah. it's, it's a thing. It's, this is art. This is theater. <laughs> Even Elsa was saying, this is part of the show. This is what you paid for. And it's like, I oh, didn't gosh. fucking pay for that. I didn't like, want this to happen. No, that was not the, it's not the vibe. So immediately the Librants want to leave, which is more than fair. Um, and this is when the, oh, fuck starts to set in because they're told that there is no boat and there's also no cell service to call anyone no leave and, uh, only stay no leave only stay they are arguing basically being like well i don't fucking care i gotta get out of here somehow and it's just madness and mayhem people are still tripping about jeremy and, and they, just, they just rolled that poor boy up like a little taquito and just dragged him out you're lucky that they didn't smoke him like the joint that you wanted because that would <laughs> I was gonna say that <laughs> so elsa asks richard like throughout all this chaos she just says with which hand will you handle this and she proceeds to cut his fucking ring finger off of his hand and it's to get him to stop. In time is when our food critic is like, you know what? Maybe it's not fine. Maybe I'm not going to defend this anymore. He was a, he yeah. was a customer. I, I'm a technically a customer. I don't, I, I have reservations about how this and is going to proceed. And like, then she's like, oh, oh fuck, yeah. this is for real. <laughs> And now is when it's, like, so obvious that they are all fucked and no one is leaving this restaurant. But the whole time, Tyler is just really excitedly chewing oh. his food. And he's acting like, what? What's wrong? What's the matter? What's going on? You were high during this? Uh-huh. Uh -huh. How was that? <laughs> I mean... I'm just focused on Lillian and how she's like, it's cool, it's fine, it's art just kidding that man's finger just got r.i.p'd i have fingers i would like to keep um backtrack 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 this is no longer good i am confused what is happening here being high while watching this it's like at that point when they take homie's finger is when you realize that there is a shift there is the mm -hmm. full change in tone across mm -hmm. the entire movie of the, these people working in this restaurant, in this kitchen, like they are causing harm to their yeah. customers, like to, to their clientele. And it's yeah. like, 
you, you, you don't come back from that. So it really just like opens, oh, <laughs> it just opens this door of like, what the fuck is going to happen? Yeah. Now? Where is this going to go? How is this going to spiral? And as soon as, how are we? <laughs> no, you're right. It, it's literally like, where do we go opens. from here? What do we do? <laughs> as soon as that door is opened, like this whole movie just gets fucking insane. Like the next scene, chef wants to see margo in the kitchen and he's still asking who are you what are you doing here and he finally tells her that the name margo doesn't fit her and that she just wasn't part of I've the plan Margo. yeah and he just he keeps saying like i need to know who you are because i need to know where to seat you either with us or with them and he basically gives her 15 minutes to decide and she asked if this would let her live and he just says no of, of course not can't you see that that would ruin the menu we're all gonna die tonight the creepiest part we're all gonna die tonight isn't that right and the kitchen staff fucking yes chef <laughs> i was like oh i've seen that on the food network <laughs> i've seen some yes chef on the food network but never like this never like this so hell is just very slowly but also very quickly breaking loose one of the finance bros tries taking his chair and like throwing it through the window of course it doesn't break and from the outside you can't even hear him yelling or hitting the window which is it it added a level of like oh fuck like they are stuck inside no one can hear them screaming literally and even if they could they're on an island so. and i also love how like during all this shit like even after this this guy's finger coming off like they're all realizing they're gonna die like the sommelier is like i have a wine paired for you for this that is uh just off of a single single vine single vine anyways uh i hope that that works out for you is and this... you're just like what in the fuck yeah <laughs> like He's obviously in on it, and he's just like cool, call collected, like just cool yeah. as a cucumber. Just like, uh, so with this next dish, here's a great wine pairing for you. <laughs> and that's that's one of the creepiest parts of this movie is, is the staff is being firm and violent, but they're still being polite. And honestly, that's just good customer service, baby. Like, come on. <laughs> I love violent customer service. Oh my gosh. Aggressive <laughs> customer service. Um, yeah, and I think the sommelier describes one of the wines as having notes of longing and regret. Fucking beautiful. What does that even taste like? That's how I describe weed, honestly. <laughs> like, you know, it just tastes like a good fucking hike through yeah. the woods, you know? <laughs> yeah like things started making more sense at this point but i was also more confused because as we start entering into the next course which was just a palate cleansing tea um mm -hmm. the chef kind of gives everyone is, sorry but that that clear teapot with the floral vibe is just Beautiful. like that's my aesthetic that's my aesthetic right my it's aesthetic. just a little cottage core moment love mm -hmm. it <laughs> mm. um so during during the palate cleansing tea chef kind of gives everyone an opportunity to for them to ask questions about him and what is happening they're essentially told that they are ingredients on the menu tonight and the first time i watched this 
I thought it was going to be a cannibalism movie. Like I, I was confused when they when they didn't eat Jeremy. Like when Jeremy killed himself and they didn't (laughs) eat him, I was like, "That's just wasteful." Like Rachel, (laughs) she's like, "I." Hot take. I thought this was going to be a pro-cannibalism moment. No, 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 no. I mean, it kind of... I'm not pro-cannibalism. I feel like that, for legal reasons, I need to say that. Um, (laughs) The the cult vibes and the we all live here and the we don't get a door to shit behind and then he killed himself. I was like, oh, it's a cannibalism movie. Like, they all live there to kill themselves and, like, become part of the menu, but... That's not what it was. I mean, like that would have been a good story, but that's not what it was. It might have crossed my mind the first time that I saw this movie. I I don't think it really stuck. I because when they wrapped him up in the herbs and stuff, I was just like, what are they gonna fucking like go throw him on a smoker? Um, <laughs> but but no, like after like you never see Jeremy again, then it's just like out of sight, out of mind. Like he's yeah. just dead. Like they just buried him with herbs, like yeah. a fucking Egyptian prince or something. Prince of Egypt, great movie. <laughs> Soundtrack on that shit was fire for its time. <laughs> so good, so good. <laughs> so, Chef randomly starts talking about his angel investor well it wasn't random because the finance bros were like we'll give you money yeah they tried to throw a chair at the window to escape and then they were like pick a number at this point we'll pay you any amount of money so we can leave right Slowick uses this as an opportunity just to talk about his angel investor whose name is Doug Varick and again, that's who the finance bros work for. So Chef turns on like some spotlights outside and we see a man who is Doug Varick suspended in the air, like right off of the restaurant patio. And he's in those fucking angel wings that Margot saw Elsa like huffing around earlier. And Doug is just slowly lowered right into the fucking ocean in front of everyone. I really everyone. wanted there to be a gator. I wanted oh there to God, be a I gator. <laughs> or a shark. I, I, I just like, it, it, if this is supposed to be a satirical movie, like, where is the piranhas? You know, like, how come they didn't scramble the second yeah. his toes touched the water? But, and even... Yeah. Like, just my thing that I was thinking about was, okay, he's suspended on a wire. Chances are that Mm -hmm. wire would have slack. If he hits the water, like, wouldn't the, like, weight of him pulling down the wire, like, loosen up a little bit so he could float? Like, why did he sink immediately down like he was, like, on a elevator i mean we don't know how heavy those wings were and i think i think his like feet and arms were tied down because i do remember he was he was wiggling and he kind of looked like a he looked like one of those wacky waving inflatable tube (laughs) arm mans just without the arms you know just the wacky inflatable waving torso with wings. (laughs) that's the name of the podcast wacky waving inflatable torso as he's lowered into the ocean Slowick really just like he seems so relieved and he says oh I'm free obviously like all hell is about to fucking break loose because the investor's dead like there is nothing holding him back I'm like from full creative liberty with the restaurant creative liberty. yeah because <laughs> this play is just going so according to plan um yeah and at that point those finance bros like if 
they're like, oh, do you know who we are? Like, do you know who we work with? Yeah. And she's like, work for. Um, and they just fucking murk him. They just straight drown him. I think at that point, those bros were just like, oh, yeah, we're going to die, die. Like, we're going to die, die. Like, ain't, ain't nobody. Like, it doesn't matter who we are. Yeah. yeah everyone's no. going to die. Yep. <sighs> yeah. So, Margot's is real at this point in the movie. Bad. For it's real. It's like a slow sense though it was it was a slow burn it was a um, slow burn there were some firecrackers with mm-hmm. jeremy and the uh, mr man's finger mm-hmm. for sure um and it's at this point that margo's 15 minutes are over but she hasn't decided who she wants to sit with whether she wants to sit with the richie riches or with the kitchen staff chef says that he has decided for her and that she belongs with the shit shovelers because he recognizes a fellow service service industry worker when he sees one. Slowick also has noticed her like weirdness towards Richard Lee Brandt and says that, you know, Slowick says like, I feel like he must have paid you for an experience, but also recognizes that Margot probably doesn't rattle easily, but Richard rattled her somehow. At this point, it was me that I realized I was right because yes, she has seen his dick. <laughs> so Margot told Slowick that Richard was a, cl- a client of hers. And basically, it's so gross. Richard wanted her to like maintain eye contact with him as he jerked off. And Richard wanted Margot to tell him that he was a good man and that she was his daughter <laughs> and that they loved each other. <laughs> like yeah. fucking, no wonder he got so mad when his wife was like she looks like our claire and he was like and he's, no. he's just like <laughs> protesting too much yeah. because i mean like he is obviously aware of that <laughs> yeah no and the way that chef is like asking margo those questions in the office is just like i notice like I, I can recognize what it's like to like be in the service industry mm-hmm. and what it's like to like provide services to someone mm-hmm. and tell me about your services mm-hmm. and this, that, and the other. And I'm just like, like that is his, his just his verbiage on it is so just like weird and it just it just gives me red dragon vibes still uh-huh. <laughs> like, and it's it's just I cutting <laughs> yeah it's just cutting straight to the point um and it's during that conversation about they both agree that they used to like providing their services but they mm-hmm. they really don't anymore yeah um and any retail worker that... ever honestly just <laughs> yeah. ask him honestly yeah um and chef says that he hasn't enjoyed cooking for anyone in a really long time which is important. It's um, just well made. It's a good one. It's so well made. It's so well made. Uh, next course, everyone heads outside of the restaurant. Um, the next course <laughs> is called Man's Folly, which is introduced by another sous chef, Catherine. She does another creepy intro, like what Slowick did with the uh, the memory, the chicken taco course. And she talks about how Chef Slowick tried to fuck her a few times, like three years ago, and said that even though he didn't fire her, he refused to look her in the eye or speak to her directly for eight months. And that he can do that because he's the man. I was like, what the fuck? Colty. Is- oh Colty McCulterson. Colty McCulterson. See, you're on the cult boat with me now. Um, I, the never, male diners, I never wasn't. 
so it's called man's folly, right? So the male diners are actually given a chance to escape and they're given like, what was it? Like a 45 second head, 15 second head start or something. And the women are led back inside for the course while the men are just being fucking chased all over the island. And I want to know, where would you hide on the island? Okay, that's what I was going to ask you, too. Okay, great. Um, I mean, obviously, the dude who was found last in the hen house, classic gold. I think that was uh, Lillian's dude friend co-worker person who had been just like hyping her up like for the mm-hmm. whole show at that point like his hide in the hen house good smart so good not great love the fact that they also threw in an extra little winter course for him too to gave him enjoy a little, a little, a little creme fraiche egg because <laughs> he was hiding in the hen house love yeah. that for him um me personally i don't know like Jaime went for the boat, which is a smart move, and I love. But at that same time, I need to, like, be realistic. If I am fleeing a situation, I ain't going to outrun anybody. So camouflage is the name of the game. Mm -hmm. I got to go somewhere where we've got maybe bales of hay for livestock or something like that on this island and try and get under that and hide Mm. under that and it's whether or not the staff who works that island every day is going to notice if stuff is misplaced or has been like thrown around type of thing prior to but i would be trying to essentially bury myself in some way shape or form um, and then just kind of like wait it out until the sun comes up or like someone like toots the ho- horn on the boat being like, go time, beep, beep, and then make a break for it. I like the fact that the girls got to go in for a little extra course. And the fact I that know. Tyler was so jealous of that, I'm just like, yeah, bet so your ass. Jealous. Be jealous, you little fucking punk bitch. I'm going to go get an extra right? course. And I think I would actually probably just J chill for that extra course. But also, it was. If I was being forced to run. I'd hide under something. But <laughs> I got titties, so I'm getting that extra course. I'm getting the extra course. Yeah, <laughs> the even them getting the extra course inside was terrifying because mm-hmm. they all asked Catherine if they're really dying tonight, <laughs> and she said, "Well, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work if you live it being yeah. the menu, of course." Mm-hmm. So Lillian Bloom tries talking Catherine out of everyone dying and says like oh i can get you your own restaurant as long as mm-hmm. we like figure out what's going on and Catherine just fucking says that oh everyone dying was actually my idea yeah i'm actually really proud of it and i just love how she lillian immediately goes for the wine bottle and she's like who's up what's yep, up well, what's good this what is the sommelier um, chasing down the fucking guys with the rest of the kitchen staff? Sommelier <laughs> is busy. Um, we also find out at this point that Chef Slowick is motherfucking right and Margot is not Margot from Nebraska or wherever. She right, is Erin from Massachusetts. Yeah, but no, I just, I love a little little girl's moment around the table of oh yeah. so we're actually all going to fucking That's die for yeah. real, for real and Microbangs is like yeah, straight up this is my idea and we're like all right well let's fucking get drunk then <laughs> yeah it was like a little, a little girl, girl power moment it did not pass the the vegetable test still though because they're fucking it's all about men always speaking of which the next fucking scene is my absolute favorite uh-huh. laughed the whole fucking time uh-huh the so whole time. they find all the men obviously they're all back inside 
And Chef says that the menu cannot continue until they deal with an unresolved matter. And that unresolved matter is our sweet little douche face, Tyler. Basically, Chef says that Tyler knew about the entire thing the whole time. He Fucking knew that they were going to die. So uh, another part where I'd like to disassociate myself from yeah, the beginning of the right, movie, Tyler. From the dehumanization Just of really sex quick. workers. <laughs> yeah. So Aaron is fucking pissed she was only brought there because the chef doesn't offer seatings for one so mm -hmm. he hired aaron knowing that she was gonna die and like fuck you because like sex workers are humans and you can't just hire a human being to die tyler's a piece of shit that's the hill i'm dying on yeah um, that, that's agreed like you can't sentence somebody to death like that yes. for the experience of a meal. What is the matter with you? Nope. <laughs> um, Chef is also at this point telling Tyler why he invited him tonight. And he's really playing into Tyler's ego a lot. He's like, you knew what a Paco Jet was. You know so much about food. Chef tells Tyler, he's like, you're a cook. You belong in the kitchen. Takes him to the kitchen Gives him a no, little chef him, jacket. They, he writes on it with a fucking Sharpie, bro. Writes, on, writes Tyler <laughs> on it with a Sharpie and, like, kindergarten That's so handwriting. That's great. That's like if you yeah. bought, like, you know, if you brought the first graders to, like, Noma or something. He like could have embroidered it. Everything was so, he got fucking these, like, six-foot-wide angel wings. He could have embroidered Tyler the chef jacket for Tyler. deserves the bullshit Sharpie. Exactly. exactly. And that is shit the point. on his chest. That oh, is the point that Sloak was trying to make. It's so good. Yeah. So Chef Sloak is forcing him to cook. And you can see just the absolute fear and pain in his eyes while Elsa is bringing everyone around to watch this demonstration. And yeah. he's <laughs> slowly fucking up. He's stuttering. What would he's you make? Like, oh, my God. If you were on the spot to be like, you have access to this crazy ass full kitchen, including a Paco Jet what dish would you make why does it matter because i'm dying i'm he just curious made a bowl of i'm just cereal. I'm just curious what would rachel make in the kitchen you know rachel doesn't cook so a little fun fact about rachel rachel <laughs> hasn't cooked a meal since but like you're a chef 2017 <laughs> Um, I don't know, probably fucking spaghetti or something with frozen It's always meatballs. spaghetti. <laughs> so, you literally cannot fuck it up as bad as Tyler did. Oh, God, he did so bad. He obviously has no idea what he's doing. Like, even I could cook lamb better than this, and I don't even know where to get <laughs> lamb. Like, he was fucking it up. The store. The, the, the store. The store. So he says he thinks it's done, and Slowick tries it and, of course, talks about how terrible it is. And I fucking love this because this scene, it cuts to a shot of the plate and the title of the dish, and it's called Tyler's Bullshit. And it says, undercooked lamb, inedible shallot leek butter sauce, utter lack of cohesion. Glorious. <laughs> fucking good. glorious. So good. So Tyler just is the saddest puppy dog ever. And Chef whispers something to him. And Tyler just takes the chef coat off and he walks to the back of the kitchen. But for some reason during this rewatch, I missed the like millisecond scene where we see what happens to him. But basically he hung himself in the back room. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love that. 
so Tyler knew that they were all going there to die, but I love that Chef still found a way to be like, fuck you. Like you are willingly coming to your death, but I am still gonna find a way to embarrass humiliate you, you mm-hmm. and embarrass you. Yeah. And not so- include you in the planned death of everyone. You uh-huh. get to be isolated by uh-huh. yourself because you don't get to you're not the even a real chef. Yeah. And you took pictures of the scallops. So yeah. Eat. Fuck you. After Elsa explicitly told you not to. <laughs> Ex- eat. This is an unplugged kitchen, sir. <laughs> so they're prepping for the next course. And for some reason, Slowick asks Aaron to go get a barrel that they need for the dessert course. And this is like Aaron's, like she's got one shot, one opportunity, you know, mom spaghetti. This is her time. So Aaron is looking for this barrel and she sneaks into Slowick's cottage in the creepiest fucking thing. Like, I don't know how they figured out how to make this movie more creepy. Slowick's cottage is set up exactly like the restaurant. It's so good. I mean, like, if you live to do something and Mm -hmm. you have your angel investor paying you to do what it is that you want to do with your whole entire life, why wouldn't Mm -hmm. you also live it? It just really hammers that in. And Mm -hmm. it's still, on one hand, it's like, oh, yeah, so you really fucking like your job, huh? And on the other hand, it's like, you're a crazy person. You're a cult leader, huh? (laughs) Yeah, you're you're a cult leader. You're crazy. (laughs) So Elsa catches Aaron because no one is supposed to be in Sloak's cottage. And Elsa's like, you're not going to fucking replace me! And is trying to kill her with a knife. And they're fighting all throughout the kitchen in his house. Um, Aaron slaps her over the head with a Paco jet, but that's actually not what killed her. They were like on the ground fighting for a knife, and boom, Aaron stabbed that bitch right in the throat during in a the struggle neck for the knife. With a knife. Yeah. Like stepbrothers. No. <laughs> <laughs> like stepbrothers. I Great movie. You in the Great movie. With a knife. And in a little bit, I will explain why stepbrothers and the menu are related to each other. Oh my God. <laughs> they you know literally what, are. You know what blows my mind about like Elsa's dying scene, though, is that she says that the barrel that uh, Aaron was supposed to fetch for dinner or whatever, she was like, that's the first time in the whole entire movie that anyone admits that the chef wasn't quite on top of his game because she's like, I didn't forget the barrel. He never told me to go get it yeah. type of thing. And she, she was just like, that was her one moment of like her being her own single solitary self in her last moment of life being like, maybe he's actually not all that great, by the way. I'm but also, uh, yeah, because when, when Chef was telling Aaron to go get the barrel, he was like, because Elsa's fucking stupid and she forgot pretty much. <laughs> but I also think that I, I don't know. I don't think he did fuck that up. I think that was all intentional and he knew that Elsa would go after Aaron. I think, I, yeah. I don't know. I I don't think that he made any mistakes on this evening. Like he's thought through every single little thing, you know? There's yeah, but no I just way. love how like that was her one, like again, like that was the only time anyone said one shitty word about the chef the whole entire yeah. time, the whole entire movie was when, you know, yeah. Elsa was just like, actually no and that was also like just like the one moment she had of like i don't know just like 
her being herself, her being an individual and not like, you know, the right hand yeah. bangs lady to this crazy ass cult. <laughs> bangs lady. <laughs> there's um, a lot of good bangs in this movie. I gotta there say. There are good bangs. It's oh, yeah. Making me reconsider my bangs. <laughs> Margot Aaron has good bangs too. There exactly. are good bangs in this movie. Catherine but has it, a good little micro bang going too. It was also filmed in 2019. So bangs were having a moment back then. I had bangs mm. back then and they were not good. <laughs> <laughs> so while Aaron is in Slowick's cottage, she takes the opportunity to open the silver door because it's all an exact mm -hmm, replica. Mm -hmm. And and again, there's something special behind. And it's a bunch of pictures and articles about Chef Slowick's career. And she really we really hone in on one picture of him as like, you know, kind of like a pimple faced teenager and he's uh, cooking hamburgers with a little kiss the cook apron on. And he's got like this huge smile on his face. Aaron also finds a radio in there and manages to call a coast guard boat for help. And this boat gets there really quickly. Like she gets back to the restaurant and then all of a sudden they're fucking there. And I'm like, no, that's not how the cops work. Like, they would not be there that quick. I mean, this uh, distress call is coming from very fancy kitchen, very fancy restaurant of, like, where all the rich people is. You're so, right. like, maybe it does go faster for them. Yeah, Just because, right. like... Who's that first? J. Cole? Come fast, like, 911 in white neighborhoods? <laughs> so, yeah, <you're> right. <laughs> so the staff is, they hear the, the boat coming, and they're very quickly, like, cleaning up and covering up the wounds and trying to make everything look okay and normal. And the chef tells them to not ask for help or he'll kill whoever it is. And he also points out that, like, you guys haven't even tried that hard to escape or fight back. Like, you're going to sound crazy. He starts fucking gaslighting them. Like, damn, like a cult leader. Where was the birthday joke scene where the frat boys were talking about the birthday joke? Was that before the Coast Guard comes right in or before after? the Coast Guard comes, yeah. I want to talk about that. It's just so good. It's always good to do a birthday joke where they, they bring out a slice joke. of cake and they're just like, we thought it was funny a couple hours yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah, so the finance bros said it was one of their birthdays, like right before the Coast Guard gets there. So like they bring out a little slice of cake with a candle and whatever and they're just like, what the fuck? And it's like, uh. <laughs> I mean, like wherever you go, especially if it's fancy dinner, always say you're celebrating something. Always. Yeah. Birthday, anniversary. Even if it's fake ain't nobody gonna know and you're gonna get extra free shit all the time yeah and just the set the that's the satire right there of like we thought it was funny a couple hours ago like just fucking great situational <laughs> comedy yeah that was oh, amazing um, are there still chevys open i need to go get a sombrero you know there is right down the street from my house so Let's go. i think it's gonna, gonna be our later. birthday after we're recording so Coast Guard officer arrives, that motherfucker's name is Dale, and when he gets there, everyone is just deadpan staring at him, like trying to say everything with their eyes, and he's trying to ask them questions, and they're all like terrified, so they're not They're just answering. trying to scream with their eyes. Yeah. So Dale recognizes John Leguizamo's character, and Chef is like, oh, come on, give him an autograph. So John Leguizamo writes, help us Can on the paper. Can you just imagine, like, trying to sign an autograph in the middle of a hostage situation? Oh, oh my God, Jesus Christ. He's, he's like, so what's your name? What's your name? <laughs> he's just oh, like, Dale. oh, I really liked you in that one movie. Uh, and, like, and Chef had already. 
happy. I know. And Chef was already like, this is why, you know, I hate you for that movie, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And it was the movie that was on the tortillas. It just, yeah. it all comes together. It's so good. So good. good. So good. So Dale sees this and he pulls out his gun, but he like slowly turns the gun and fucking lights a candle it's with it. So cheesy. And leaves. It was so ridiculous. It's a gun lighter. I literally need one. Like and my notes on this movie were I need a gun I need lighter. A gun lighter. <laughs> this part was so <laughs> fucked to me because Slowick and the staff, they knew Dale wouldn't do anything, but they took the time to hide the wounds they inflicted on the guest and told right. them like if you say anything i'm gonna kill him and like either it was a fake coast guard or dale was a paid actor like whatever was going on i thought dale was a part of the kitchen staff because i thought they showed the scene of him taking the coast guard jacket off and walking back into the kitchen to start prep on oh, dessert they? yeah i missed that yeah he was fucking he was staff so 911 don't come that fast in this white neighborhood <laughs> um, <laughs> because it was uh the staff the whole time gotcha okay that's and honestly that they probably like if we think about the way that chef is running this entire evening this entire experience that cb radio thing that margo slash aaron found is probably not even hooked up like accurately like they probably just had like another cb radio in like the yeah, that's kitchen, true. Yeah. and they just like ran that and he's just like okay i'm on my way <laughs> yeah yeah he's like let me go put on this other part of my costume <laughs> that i have just chilling in See, my so fucking barracks yeah that was planned out everything everything has been planned out um, there's no way it couldn't be man yeah the final course is approaching and Aaron comes up with an idea. She loudly exclaims, she tells the chef, I don't like your food and I want to send it back. I was like, yeah, bitch. He I was so obvious. confused because like she didn't even have a plate in front of her at that point. Like, no. what are you sending back? Like, you're just loudly declaring statements at this point. Ballsy, yeah. last ditch effort. I totally love it. Yep, but you, they're, you're, they're not actually but, sending back. You're technically not sending back food. But it but, fucking worked. Like, because he asked why, and she starts reaming his ass and says he's taken the joy out of eating. Mm -hmm. His food isn't made with love, but it's made with obsession. And she says that as a chef, his purpose should be to serve, you know, people food that they like and that he's failed because she's bored. And she says, and I'm still fucking hungry. So fucking, she knows how to get him where it hurts. And it worked. <laughs> so he asked what she's hungry for. And she remembers that little picture that she saw in his creepy cottage. And she orders a cheeseburger, like a real cheeseburger, with traditional French fries. You know, just a regular mm -hmm. cheeseburger. And she even asked how much it's going to cost. And he's like, $9.95. And for a second, I was like, $995? That's so much! But no, he meant $9.95. <laughs> so we are given the most beautiful montage of him making, honestly, what looks like a really fucking good cheeseburger. Mm -hmm. And Aaron takes one bite of this burger and says, oh, now that is a cheeseburger. But then she says her eyes were too big for her stomach and she asks for the rest to go and you can see him contemplating this but also like she fucking got him like she right in the heart 
right, right in, in the, the heart. last little bit of his soul that is not obsessed with being yeah. a killer cult leader. So he boxes right it in up his for humanity. Her. Yep. So he boxes it up for her. She pays him with a $10 bill and he fucking lets her go. And she's like, um, bye, losers. I, I really love that never. last moment where she's like looking over her shoulder and like Mr. Man's little like wife is just like, yeah. go, honey, go. Like, it's yeah. fine. Just like, you know, Ms. we're, Lee we're fucked. Just, yeah, yeah. She's like, we're fucked, but you you got this. Like she get, gives get just the smallest hand motion ever of just a little <laughs> flick of the fingers, just saying, No, go, yeah. go. Like, yeah, just like which, shoot. you did it, bitch. Get up, get, get, go, you won. <laughs> go win. <laughs> Keep winning, queen. <laughs> this next part fired me the fuck up. Pun intended. Jesus. The movie wraps up. Chef gives everyone gift bags, which, like, ho for what? What is the point? And in the gift bags were some house-made granola, a little book of local vendors, a copy of the menu, one of Doug Varick's fingers. (laughs) Morbid as shit. So morbid. And he brings them the bill. They all actually pay the bill. They well, know they're yeah. going to die. And they, they need the credit card statements on file. The <laughs> finance bros all take out their three credit cards and just like throw it down on the bill. Mm-hmm. I was in fucking, oh my God. I'm beautiful. It pissed, me, it pissed me off. Then it pisses me off now. Lillian Bloom takes out her credit card and the dude from the magazine that she's with was like, oh, no, no, please. It's on the magazine. I was like, why does it fucking matter? <laughs> He's like, you're deaf? Yeah, the magazine's going to pay for that. Don't and worry about it. where's the money going? It's not going to Slowick. It's not going to Doug Varick. Who fucking cares if they pay? It fired me up, obviously. <laughs> obviously, obviously. I just think it's so funny how, like, chef's still sticking to the menu. Like, you still got to pay for your food type of thing. Like, no yeah. dine and dash. Like, this isn't yeah. just a fucking killing spree that I'm on. This is the restaurant experience. <laughs> like, you have to pay. You Don't pay worry. Gratuities experience. included. Yeah, gratuities included. <laughs> yeah, he's thank- chef is thanking the guests for dining with them tonight, which is like... They were they didn't have a choice at one point. And he's also telling them that basically they ruined his art and his life. And the whole time he's monologuing, the staff has these massive fucking bowls, like way bigger than the bowl that the broken emulsion was served in. And they're sprinkling something out on the floor. It kind of looks like it's I don't know, it looks like breadcrumbs almost. Mm-hmm. And then you see them throwing graham crackers around and they have these big tubs of sauce and they're doing those really pretty sauce swooshes all over the tables, kind of like the tables or plates. And then the staff doing comes it on the out floor too, which I just love. And they yeah. show a really beautiful aerial view of like yeah. you know, how, how they how they wrap that. Looks I nice. wanted to post that on our Instagram, but I didn't want it to be a spoiler because I our Instagram is spoiler free, even though the podcast isn't. So I didn't want, I didn't want any part of it to be ruined, but yeah, it really is. It really is pretty. And then the staff brings out like these big, hilarious marshmallow capes and a little chocolate top hat and puts it on each of the remaining guests. And chef introduces the final course, the dessert he says, which is a take on s'mores. 
And he says that s'mores are everything that's wrong with us as a society because it's, you know, unethically sourced chocolate. It's fake sugar marshmallows. I think he calls them prison grade graham crackers. Yet it's (laughs) something that we associate with innocence. And then he goes on and says, what transformed this fucking monstrosity is fire. And all of the guests start to realize exactly what is the going to cleansing happen. power of fire. The cleansing <laughs> power of fire. And as this is happening, we're kind of getting like scene cuts to Aaron escaping on the boat. Chef Slowick says, "You know, I love you all," and he gets a "We love you, Chef" in return. <laughs> So Chef drops some burning embers in the middle of the room and everything, not everything, but like one of the little piles of like graham cracker crumbs catches on fire. Are and graham crackers actually that fucking flammable? No, I think it was like a, I think it was something flammable. I, I know that flour is flammable. Yeah. I can try it later. I can yeah, try let's to do set that. fire. Let's do our own mini crumbs. version of arson. A little experiment. <laughs> <laughs> so the fire starts to spread and the chocolate is melting on the guest's face. The marshmallows are toasting and everyone is actively burning to death. Something that was interesting to me, which like oh Felicity was about everyone was, burning to death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Felicity was like praying. She was mumbling, like, I don't know a lot about prayers, but she was mumbling some prayer. Richard Liebrandt's wife, which I think her name was Anne, she says thank you. Like That's a how really you no, know she was in a bad marriage. Okay. Like yeah. she she told Aaron to like go on and get. She was just drinking her wine the whole fucking movie. Like yeah. she probably straight up hated her life, honestly. Yeah. It was just like ready to bounce. And she was like, Yeah, hmm, sure, whatever. It's my time. Fuck it. Yeah, but she didn't say thank you, just like, oh, thank you. It was like a thank you I'm like what the <laughs> fuck is this bitch's problem she, she ready to die <laughs> yeah so our final our final shot we cut to Aaron. she turns off the boat motor and she's watching hawthorne go up in flames and we get our final presentation of the last course which says s'more marshmallow chocolate graham cracker customers staff restaurant (laughs) and Erin finishes eating her burger while she's wiping her mouth with the menu from the gift bag as she just watches the restaurant assery honestly just just badass moves from all around she's not even trying to save that menu as like evidence or anything like that do you think jeremy's the mess course is listed on that menu i bet it is yeah it could be used as evidence but she's like no fuck it I, i need a napkin for my Cheeseburger. I think it was. I think it showed a <laughs> shot of the men, like an actual shot of the menu. Mm-hmm. And I tried pausing it, but it was a little blurry. But I think it did. It had Jeremy on there. It had fucking Tyler's bullshit. Yeah, I love the attention to detail there. So that's it. That's the menu. My snack honestly, I fuck ate. s'mores. <laughs> you want to hear my snack? I ate fuck it s'mores. Was fucking s'mores. Um, fuck I s'mores. made myself a little s'mores dip. But I used uh, Ghirardelli caramel squares, and I used to put them in a little ramekin. Yeah, it was good. And then I put marshmallows on top, and I just popped that some bitch in the oven, 350 degrees, until the, the marshmallows were brown. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. And I dipped graham crackers in it. That's wild. So you had like a graham crack, a s'more soup. 
No, because it didn't get soupy. It was like a dip. It was a chocolate marshmallow dip. That was good. I don't. I'm not here for the s'mores slander. I would rather (laughs) wear the marshmallow shawl. And that can be arranged. <laughs> then eat a s'more. Then eat a regular that, s'more. That is a really good Halloween costume. Just a marshmallow shawl and the chocolate oh top hat. God. That's, a, oh that's an easy God. costume. I can't believe that movie was... I mean, like, I get that it's a satire, but at the yeah. same time, it just speaks... I'm sorry, you said it was a horror satire? Horror satire, yeah. <sighs> it checks out, honestly. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I just thought the whole thing was so spooky and weird and just like it comes it off really like a cult, cult movie. It, it's it, a cult it was, movie, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It is. I just I think they should have eaten Jeremy. Like I think that was uh, I don't know. Because it was so good without the cannibalism added in, you know, but like the cannibalism would have just taken it to like another level. Uh I'm kind of glad they didn't go that route. You know, because like yeah. obviously, like with the way that Chef views food and views the world, I, I don't think he'd um do that shit. No way, Chef. Um, you said Will Ferrell produced this movie. Yeah, so Will fucking <laughs> Ferrell and Adam McKay were producers on this. And so Will Ferrell, obviously a household name. Adam McKay, maybe not so much, but Adam McKay produced Talladega Nights, Anchorman, and Don't Look Up. Have you seen Don't Look Up? Yes. I really like Don't Look Up. Another amazing satirical movie. So, like, the the satire part of it checks out. Um, And I love that Will Ferrell produced this. And also, Will Ferrell went to USC, and I went to USC. Oh, my God. (laughs) Love Will Ferrell. Um, (laughs) Alums. And that's how uh, Step Brothers and the menu are related. (laughs) I said it would all come together. And my my one my best fun fact that I found for this movie is that all of the extras playing the kitchen staff all actually had restaurant experience because the directors didn't want anyone watching the movie to like hyper focus on any inaccuracies. But also it's probably really hard to find extras in LA that don't have (laughs) restaurant experience. Am yeah, right? you make a good point there. I make a good point. Yeah. You make a good point there. Um, that's it. I thought this was like a great summation of how fucking douchey and pretentious the culinary world can be. Mm-hmm. Even the wine pissed me off. Like <laughs> everything about it pissed me off. And it just it really made me think of like, you know, that quote from like Anthony Bourdain that's like, go to the small pub and order a beer go you know to your small italian restaurant and like order the special sauce like it just it reminded me of that that like there are people who just chase these pretentious and really fancy experiences and like yeah you're a fucking douchebag if that's like but you do it in a way where it's like a special treat like the lee brands they went (laughs) to that restaurant 11 times 11 (laughs) fucking times they were at that restaurant that's so much money so much money and there was one point that i don't think i don't think we talked about this but there was one point where chef was like do you even remember what you've been eating all of those uh, 11 times because like, name name one it was halibut one fucking thing it was rare fucking spotted halibut that's so funny 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I um, get it. I I really love a good hole in the wall place. Mm -hmm. um, that's not gonna charge you the price of human life um, to enjoy yeah. like a really nice authentic meal um, for sure. And at the same time, like if I have money to spend, I'm gonna spend it on food. Yeah. <laughs> like definitely. that's my investment is you know spending it on the experience and that type of thing. But like this type of shit, you're right. It's next level, it's culty, and it really does kind of like highlight elitism that can be associated with fine dining yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I mean, this was this whole movie, like the whole underlying theme, other than just the dark satire cult was death. and cult death is just <laughs> about the divide between social classes and like the privilege that comes with being rich enough to be able to afford a meal like that. Yeah, notice how the poor sex worker got to go away free. Um, love that because notice how a cheeseburger saved win. the movie. <laughs> a cheeseburger <laughs> saved the movie. Exactly. Um, even at one point, like John Leguizamo was talking to the chef and asked why he was dying, and it was just because of that shitty movie that Slowicated. And his assistant was like, "Well, what about me? I haven't done anything." And Slowick says, "Well, where did you go to college?" And she said that she went to Brown, which is a really nice Ivy League school. And the chef just says, "Student loans." She says, "No," and he goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, you're dying tonight." <laughs> like. <laughs> I'm so, sorry. It sounds like oh, you're no, fucking I'm rich. Sorry. How do you not have student loans from Brown? What a well, fucking bummer. <laughs> yeah. Like if we had student loans, I'd let you <laughs> literally, literally. If you were struggling at any point in your life, I would let yeah. you live. But mm, no dice. What do you what do you give it out of five? What's your rating? A fucking five five stars, honestly. Five stars? Five out like, of five? This this is like a really good movie. It's right up my alley. Like I love the idea of horrible fancy dinner. Like I just, I just like fancy dinner gone wrong. It seems yeah. like a great time. Yeah, there was no alligators to murder the angel investor, but that I'm still good with it. Yeah, <laughs> five stars you? is a lot. I, uh, I, I give it a solid four. Solid, solid four. four? Yeah. yeah, it's it takes a lot for me to, uh, and that's something that we'll realize doing this podcast. A perfect I'm gonna movie. do fives every time. And for me, a perfect movie is <laughs> is uh hard to find so i yeah all right for yeah sure reserve it for i don't know what whatever could have been next <laughs> i don't know what could have been better and what would earn a five out of five but just when i was thinking about my rating and i thought about this like days ago and i was like yeah it's a four out of five like it's just not perfect for me you know we'll, we'll find the one we'll find the one that'll be the day is that it yeah did we do it, it? did we, we did it we did an episode